Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Armor of God, Helmet of Salvation, Part 6 of 7. The key verse is Ephesians 6, 17a. And take the helmet of salvation. Now, when writing the notes for this episode, the message took a direction I did not expect. But always asking God to guide my efforts for each episode, I was not surprised, not really. It's just that God should always get the credit and the glory for any good that comes from this podcast. Any errors or omissions are mine and mine alone. So here we go. The helmet of salvation protects our minds from the lies and deception of our mortal enemy, Satan. When the fiery darts are shot at our hearts is when the shield of faith protects us. However, it is common in the spiritual war we're engaged in to experience an attack on our minds first. So why the shield first, then helmet? Well, I believe faith, that's what we choose to believe, makes up the shield and also the helmet. And also faith comes through hearing the word of God, and this gives us grounds for believing, for having faith enough to save us. But then we must protect our minds from being deceived. If we fall prey to satanic deception through our minds, our faith is weakened, and a weak faith leads to suffering. The devotion focus is a protected mind gives peace, and hope is that protection. Paul used the analogy of a soldier's helmet to help us understand the necessity of protecting our minds. Let's examine two of the words from the key verse of Ephesians 6.17 and take the helmet of salvation. The definition of take is similar to taking in verse 16. The idea is to receive, as in protection offered by this piece of armor. And we receive it by taking it up, as in reading the Word of God, and studying it until we have a firm grasp of the essential teachings of Jesus. And then there is the helmet. It is defined in Strong's Concordance, as an encirclement of the head or mind, and Satan will attack our minds to cause a number of problems, chief among them hopelessness leading to despair. A discouraged Christian is not much threat to Satan and his kingdom. Now that helmet is made up of salvation, the next word to study in verse 17. And first of all, salvation is that rescue of God when we trust our souls to safekeeping by Jesus' love for us. And this happens after we yield our wills to God's will and are saved from the penalty of sin. Then having this salvation and believing in this salvation gives us hope, if we understand it at all. And did I mention that salvation includes adoption into God's family? That's right. We're God's adopted children. Can you imagine any more powerful Father to protect us than Almighty God? If you will study the benefits of salvation, of being saved as Jesus declared is essential to obtain eternal life, as he did in John 3, 16 and 17, you will have peace of mind concerning your eternal destiny, as Jesus promised in John 16, 33. He says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. So now let's hear Jesus' words as part of donning the helmet of salvation. This is from John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world 
he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, this is a once for all act of faith and belief on our part and then yielding our life to God's will for as long as we draw breath. Then, setting aside the penalty for sin, because Jesus paid that penalty, and then God adopts us as forgiven children. Jesus said clearly in John 17, 11, and 12, God keeps us. In verse 11, we don't keep ourselves saved. And in verse 12, Jesus said he lost none but the son of perdition. And we know that man was Judas who never was saved, because Jesus said so in John six seventy, Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? Judas had a chance to be saved, but chose instead to betray Jesus. And then in John seventeen eleven, Jesus says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, there is a commonly taught heresy that we can lose our salvation. This false teaching implies that although God saves us upon faith expressed in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we must then keep ourselves saved. This is impossible. If I had to keep myself saved, I would have to live a perfect life at all times, no sin. This heresy of losing salvation, therefore, appeals to human pride. Now listen to this carefully, because this is where your own helmet of salvation will protect you against this false teaching. At what point of sinning does one lose salvation? I've asked numerous people trapped in that bondage this question including a beloved grandfather. We were having lunch at a Waffle House one day, and I asked him the question, but he couldn't answer it. But his wife, my grandmother, one who loved me without condition and without measure when I was a child, suffered immeasurable misery, all because of this heretical teaching that salvation can be lost. She once told me that she felt condemned to hell because she had had two abortions in the 1940s and that God would not forgive her because she killed her babies. Now, when I was born in the mid-50s, she loved me despite the anguish she suffered in her mind. In the 60s and 70s, she tried to commit suicide several times, all the while believing she was doomed to hell, but seeing suicide as her only way to end the pain she was in. However, at the end of her life in 2007, as she was dying of cancer, she told me God had given her peace through assurance her salvation was safe. She was safe. And she died several months later at peace. In summary, as I mentioned in the introduction to this episode, the message took a turn I didn't expect. But it's a turn that explains the need for the helmet of protection around our mind if we are to survive the spiritual war waged against us. And only God, through his word, is able to keep us from the utter despair Satan will rain down upon us if we don't take the time and make the effort to know God's word sufficiently enough to recognize the lies coming at us from all sides. Now, the action to consider is, do you study God's word on a regular basis? If not, 
Do you now see the spiritual danger you're in? Each one of us should ask God daily for understanding of his word, to understand and apply the principles Jesus taught. He promised in John chapter 10 seven things which make up a strong helmet. If you'll read these verses and pick out these seven things on your own, the things he promised in those two verses, then write them on a three-by-five card and begin to memorize them. They will give comfort to all who do the work. Now, John 10:27 reads, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Now, next week's devotion is the sword of God, taken from Ephesians 6, 17. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.